0: This episode of Channel Mind News is for information only. Please do your own research before making any investment decision or alternatively seek advice from a registered financial advisor. Sacking the bottle. Copy your ship box. I got a okay, radio check. Yeah, radio's working fine. Yeah, copy your first bill. Yeah, copy, mate. Yeah, in the pit first. Yeah, stitch her up, then. Thanks, mate. Yeah, right, Copy that. Oh, g'day everyone, Matty Michael here for another episode of Channel Mind News, the flagship episode of Life of Mind podcast. Apologies, there wasn't a Channel More News yesterday, Monday. Look, let, let me do like an excuse session. Look, it's leading up to Christmas, so everyone's winding down. Uh, there wasn't wasn't much bloody news. I did, and the Bud O'Shaughnessy episode was released found co-founder of live mind check that one out it's all on youtube and everything but look the real reason life of mine christmas party was on sunday followed after the uh my street christmas party saturday so uh your host matt michael was a bit defeated on monday and the voice was a bit rough and look couldn't find much news so look we just give it a little miss but anyway won't happen again festive season celebration so let's get into it today we are going to get into another little comparison episode everyone little everyone loved the uh, West African resources and Capricorn metals comparison session go back and have a listen to that one of a couple of uh, comparable open pit gold miners uh, West Africa underground as well but uh, shows the difference between Australian projects and West African projects and I'm going to do another one today and we're going to venture over to the lithium space. So we've got Liontown Resources, ticker LTR, compared to Leo Lithium, triple L, ticker for that one. Another Australia versus West Africa. So Liontown have the, and they're both in, both uh, projects in construction anticipated to start producing at a similar time so Linetown they've got the flagship Kathleen Valley project up just north of Leinster pretty much next to Bellevue Bellevue Gold up that up that way they're in construction at the moment and they've also got the Baldonia project they've acquired just down the south of Perth 15 million ton at one percent lithium but we're not going to include that in today's uh comparable figures company to company we'll just stick to the flagship projects now leo lithium they were a lithium spin out from Firefinch ffx that's a whole nother disaster and podcast in itself that uh, their marilla gold project there that's just all went under guidance they were suspended from trading for ages that's a whole other uh, episode right there. But, yeah, Leo Lithium were the lithium spin-out of that. So, they've got the Goulamina Lithium Project in Mali, which will be the first West African spodumene producer come online in 2024. So, let's do the comparison of the two. Market cap, share price, ownership, size of the resource, thickness, types of mining, all the money, NPVs, all that sort of stuff. Let's do a little bit of a comparison. Here we go. This is like my new little thing, these little comparison things. Plenty more of these to come. Very popular. So, market caps. Now, Town are about eight times as big as Leo Lithium on market caps. So, Town are trading at $1.36. They were $2.22 in September, October for a market cap of $3.3 billion. Leo Lithium trading at 45 cents for 483 million market cap. They were 80 cents in September. So they're both going down significantly. So yeah, Town about seven, eight times as big as Leo Lithium. They do have that Baldania, but this is mostly their flagship project. So let's look at comparisons. Ownership. So Town have got 100% of the Kathleen Valley project. Now, their funding has come from, they did a 463 mil equity raise. So I'm going to do these figures today in Aussie dollars because a lot of the Lintown stuff's reported in Aussie dollars and I've converted the Leo stuff into Aussie. $463 million equity raise and they've also got a 300 mil, 300 mil uh, debt facility through Ford because they secured offtake agreement with Ford and Tesla and LG as well. So they're looking the goods. So they own 100%, whereas Leo Lithium, they have a joint venture agreement with Ganfeng. They're the Chinese, China's biggest lithium chemical producer. So they've got 45%, Ganfeng's got 45%, and the state of Mali's got 10%. And it says they've, the state of Mali have also got a 10%, an option to acquire a further 10% at fair market value on top of their 10%. And their 10% is free carried. So free carried means they don't have to pay anything Pre-production, they just get 10% of uh what comes in later on. So now that's so uh, the figures here I'll report for Leo Lithium, you've got to essentially divide them by 0.45 times by 0.45 to get what their realization of it is. So how big are the resources? Line 10, 156 million ton at 1.4%. Leo lithium for the Goulamina, 109 million ton at 1.45%. So Lion Town have got about a 50% bigger resource. Uh, but if you look at their reserves, Lion reserve, mineable reserve, six ton at 1.34%. Uh Leo Lithium, 52 million ton at 1.5%. So uh not too much of a not as much of a percentage difference on the reserves, but Lion have got the tantalum kicker, 130 parts per million tantalum that they will get a Bit of a little cash kicker for for the tantalum so they're still uh from what i read they're still trying to secure uptake for the tantalum side of things so points to line town on that one now what do the ore bodies look like very different and there's different mining methods for this so yeah lithium that's going to be a big open pit and it's very thick especially down the bottom of the pit so sort of 47 metres at 2.4%, then some plus 80 metre hits at 150 metres below the surface. They're waiting on assays for, so nice and simple, open pit, close to the surface, big thick widths. So that's a very simple, easy method. Whereas you go to the line town, their majority of ore is underground. This is a big underground mine. There is a couple of pits on the surface. So, but if you look at their reserve split, They have 65 million ton of their 68 million ton is underground and the open pit total reserve is only 3.2 million ton. So an underground lithium mine and on a big scale. So we'll get into that whole side of things based on, and look, lithium is a new frontier for everyone, especially with dilution and control of that side of things. So, look we're uh, inferring from what is known you would say. So the Liontown report has a lithium tons per vertical meter graph and the big massive chunk of it is from about 250 meters down to 350 meters below the surface so that is where the bulk of it is. So one of the big hits at that point 90 meters at 1.3 percent that looks about uh, 250 metres below the surface. That's pretty true width as well. So big, big massive, uh, big chunks down low. And up top there looks like it's more stringery, sort of your 7 to 11 metre thicknesses. This is just from one cross section that I've been able to find showing the from the resource estimate. And this is, it'd be better if I had a bloody 3D thing. Anyway, one of the annotations on it says 125 metre level at that depth will meet the 4 million tonne per annum annual production. So 4 million tonnes of lithium uh, of lithium ore will come out of one level from the line, the Kathleen Valley operation. So she's a pretty big uh, brig humdinger of a deposit. So how about we talk about the pros and cons of mining, say, lithium underground versus open pit? Well, essentially the same philosophy, I feel, for whether it's gold, copper or lithium, High cost underground, if you look at the line Town costs to mine, so they're, in their DFS they've said an average open pit mining cost of $28 per dry metric tonne of ore, whereas the average underground mining cost is 45 So a bit under double the cost to mine underground compared to open pit. So, and that'll, that would, in, that average underground mining cost I assume would incorporate depth as well so that'll average it out so there you go so that shows it's a lot cheaper to blow the crap out of it on the surface than doing it underground why is that well haulage size of blast everything to mine open pit, you only need to do it in one pass you literally blow it up and create the pit and the air above it is your access you've got access everywhere whereas underground to take the 25 meter section you first have to mine a five metre drive, so that's your first pass, then get to the end and then take the 25 metre section out. So you've got as back of the envelope, double the machinery, double the time, double the processes to get that amount out at least, because you have gotta take a small tunnel to get the big chunk. Whereas open pit, you just blow it all in one go. So that's where the simplicity comes into it. So if you look at the comments in the Line Town report, the economic benefits of underground mining, You've got early access to the high-grade parts of the deposit. So that meaning, with an open pit, you can you can't start mining below the bottom of your pit without taking a shitload of cutback, progressing the pit shape. You can't be selective. I would assume I'm not too much of a pit guru compared to underground, but you would not be. You can only be selective on certain RLS, whereas you can't skip 50 meters of a pit and go to a high grade. Whereas underground because you can develop your access, your declines and your levels, you can selectively get to different parts of the mine for higher grade, giving you a lot more flexibility. And you can also concurrently mine an underground and an open pit at the same time. Bit of a bugger around for firing because when a pit fires, you have to exit the underground due to vibration and stuff like that. So when you mine them together, it is a bit of a stuff around, but you can be developing the underground mine in parallel with mining the open pit and you can even be mining mining production from the underground with the open pit as well so that's where that point you can say you can skip say 100 meters and go to the high grade which is and the thick bits which if you look at the line town cross section and the ore per vertical meter their big chunk of ore is at that 250 to 350 meter mark so they can rapid develop down there to get to that point while they're still mining the open pit up the top. So not sure of what their production profile, or their schedule is, but there is the big advantage of going underground. Now, another thing I've talked about on previous podcasts and looking to get some more information, i better get a lithium guru on, but is dilution for lithium. Now dilution is essentially anything that ain't lithium getting into the lithium rock. So, and the big thing about that is for battery production, Lithium has to be have as minimal amount of you'd say deleterious elements and dilution for the production of to get it to battery grade metal. So having that spodumene refined and as pure as possible without any crap in it essentially is a big thing. So doing that underground, th- this Liontown's comment: selective mining avoids dilution from host rocks. So. When you take an open pit out, you've got to put your berms on it, which are your little, I don't know, what you call your little steps on your pit. So that's your catchment for anything that falls off. So it doesn't just fly down the pit because it's technically unsupported ground. Whereas in an underground mine, you take it out dead flat. That's called your hanging wall, the bit that's hanging over or your foot wall, which is the bit that you can sit on. So having it flat means you can cut it a bit cleaner. But there does come the risk, depending on the angle of your hanging wall, which I was looking at the line town stuff when they talked about cut and fill and stoping. So if that ore body is laid over flat a lot, which this one appears to be, there is a risk of that hanging wall. They call it self-mining hanging wall failure. Depending on the geotechnical design of it, there is a possibility that can fall in and create dilution when you're stoping. So the more that hanging wall is laying over... The more risk there is of dilution usually just because of the sheer gravity side of things so that's something to take into account with it is better to control it because you can cut it flat but there is the risk when it's laying over and depending on ground conditions and the size of your stope and your drawing blast practices that will depend on how well it hangs up so that's something to consider there and overall there's less waste to take out because you're not having to cut back the whole pit just to get that chunk of ore in the middle There is less waste, smaller drive, small access to get there. But here comes the ground support. You don't have to support the ground in an open pit. Whereas underground, all that, even though you're taking less waste out, it costs you twice as much because you've got to put ground support, bolts and mesh, all that sort of things in to give everyone access to that point, and then you just blow it up anyway in the stopes. So there's that sort of things. And I do wonder what it's like gonna be pulling bolts, mesh, and all that sort of things out. And they'll be very, very strict on it when they're processing the spodumene ore to get it to that export state. So any foreign objects will be a big thing in the milling side of things. It's already a big thing. So you have your magnets in your mill that can pull all your shit out. Well, I assume it's going to be very strict due to contamination for the lithium side of things as most lithium mines, or all lithium mines, are open pit. So you don't have to worry about bolts and mesh all through your ore from when you blow it up. You don't have lifter tube from your development ore firings. I don't know, you might have some colour pipe or something from open pit, but that that causes havoc in the mill. So I will be interested to see if the underground ore supply for a lithium project is more challenging from the milling side. We will wait and see. As all lithium projects are essentially open pit or brine, be interested to see how these underground ones go. So there's Matty's underground open pit SWOT analysis again. Now, how deep does this all go? The Line Town, 450 metres it goes down to. Leo Lithium's, uh, the Goulamina, 250 metres and open at depth. They're both scheduled for, so Line Town scheduled for Q2 2024 first production. Goulamena targeting a minimum of two DSO shipments uh, of 30,000 tonne each by Q4 2023. Bit of early cash there. So how big are the projects going to be? Well, Liontown have got two cases here. uh Goulamena have got the one. So Gulamina, Leo, they're going to be looking at 506,000 tonne of spot in annum for stage one, then up to 831,000 tonne by stage two. So they're pretty equivalent sizes there. Liontown's looking at years one to six, they'll be five hundred and eleven thousand ton, and seven hundred thousand ton per annum from year six onwards. So Goulamine is actually bigger in output to Liontown, as majority all their ore is coming from open pit, whereas Liontown are going their production rate of getting it out from underground would be lower. Now the milling side, they're both going to have four million ton per annum mills. Both their DFSs were based on the just producing, uh, concentrating down to a 6% spodumine. But Linetown last year, November last year, released uh, details of a scoping study to look at building a full lithium hydroxide refinery on site at Kathleen Valley, cutting out the middleman. Uh, Leo Lithium do have that in their corporate strategy to look at next year, whether they copied Linetown or not downstream study. Their launch downstream study in Q1 2023. So that essentially gives them back the margin that they lose when they ship the 6% spot to get it then further refined to the lithium hydroxide monohydrate LHM. So Leo Lithium, they've got the JV with Genfang, so they're going to be shipping that to China to get it refined there, whereas town are looking at doing that on site. So, and you look at the actual cash side of things that they will generate, it is bloody huge because they have a the cumulative free cash flow, so combined, because they're mining all the high grade thick ore body down at the bottom of the mine, coupled with having their own refinery on site, which I think they scheduled for about 2029. Their life of mine cash flow out to 2046 on the base case DFS, just doing 6% spot on site, just below 10 million, 10 billion Aussie dollars. If you go to the the on-site downstream refinery, life of mine capital, life of mine free cash flow goes up to $32 billion. Aussie dollars. So, it nearly triples their life of mine cash flow by installing this on-site refinery. So, yeah, that that is in that is progressing. That scoping study is progressing towards DFS at the moment, from what I've read. So, that's not their final investment decision, but they're approved for construction. So, that's something to keep an eye on there. And Leo Lithium will be looking at that next year. So, essentially doubles their Towns post-tax NPV. So, $9.6 billion for the, current case, uh, for the refinery case. Uh, without it, 6% SPOD concentrate case, $4.2 billion. So it over doubles the post-tax MPV. So their IRR, the internal rate of return, is 56%. So we did go over that before. Now, I've done a bit of uh, liaising with the Ride the Wave gurus to get a layman's explanation of, the internal rate of return, what that 56% means. So let's think of it as a bank account, ING saver, hypothetically. They're not at the moment interest rates, but they might be soon. So if you're getting a 5% compound return on your saver, so you chuck 50 bucks in a week, whatever that compounds, you get 5% annual compound rate on that investment. So it doesn't matter what you take in, what you take out, over forever, that IRR would be 5%. So the IRR for a mining operation, so this 56%, so that is saying, taking into account the pre-production capital, the all the sustaining capital they'll have to put into the operation, all the other fees for, to pay everyone, all the revenue that's going to come in over the life of the project, that averages out as a 56% annual compounded return on the money they, on the ins and outs of the operation. So that's the, compare it to a bank account, that's the best way we can figure out how to explain it. So if anyone else has got a better explanation, let me know. But yeah, the compounded annual return on all the money that goes in and out of that operation. So 56%. So the higher the IRR, the better, whereas if you go over to the Leo Lithium, they are they have a $4.37 billion NPV at an 83% IRR. So they're getting better bang for their buck on their investment because the IRR is high. But remember, Leo Lithium only has 45% of that with the possible loss of another 5% to the Mali government. I think I've got that right. Let me know if I haven't. So that'll put them at $1.96 billion. So as I said, Liontown is valued at about seven times more than Leo Lithium at the moment, but their post-tax NPV is about four, nearly five times higher than Leo Lithium. So it's a bit of a, when we did the WAF and the Capricorn Metals one, everything was on WAF side for project metrics and they were trading at a 30% discount to Capricorn. Whereas you look at on the Liontown, Leo Lithium side, Liontown's project is a lot bigger. They've got the fuller share Leo Lithium only have 45%. Their project isn't as big. And the good old Australia versus Mali side of things. So I think there's an election going on. New president in 2024 coming up. So you never know what's going to happen there. So that's, again, the Aussie versus Mali side of things. Now the cost, all in sustaining cost. town 675 bucks per tonne of spot. As I said, that's underground. Whereas Leo Lithium, $544 a tonne for spot so cheaper because it's open pit life of mines are very similar 23 years for Town, 21 for gulamina 20 but still open at depth so potential for a lot more there so whether they might go looking at that once they get down to that 200 meter mark open at depth do they look at do they go a cut back or do they look to go underground there's a job for the greatest mine consultants in the world entech to figure out Feasibility on that. Now, I'll be interested to see what Line Town's share price does based on whether they get a final investment decision to build the refinery on site. Because so their comment in their report, there are several factors that will influence the ability of Line Town to secure funding for the downstream portion of this project. Because, okay, so capital, I don't think I'll put pre um capex. For Gullamina, four hundred and eighty-eight million, whereas Line Towns, so they had five hundred and thirty-eight million just for the spod plant, but then another one and a half billion on top of that to create the refinery, a three-train refinery. Now they've said there is a reasonable possibility that the company could have an offtake partner. Invest in the integrated project to bring technical and financial capability. So, bring that is for the refinery, the on-site refinery. So, there is a reasonable possibility that, depending on one of their offtake partners, could be take a stake of the Kathleen Valley project in exchange for capital to build this refinery. So, yes, yeah, so it'd be interesting to see. There's obviously a lot more dosh involved in the refinery side of things, over double the MPV, but they will, by the looks of this, possibly give away a percentage of the project to a JV partner to make that happen. So, yes, as I said, they're going through a DFS for that at the moment, and that will final, I assume, final investment decision will depend on prevailing market conditions, offtake agreements, and whether one of those offtake partners or separate partners will provide funding or how they will get funding for that extra one and a half billion dollars of capital. You can't get a credit card with a limit of one and a half billion, unfortunately, so it should be good for the Qantas points. So, there you go, there's a bit of a sum up. Comparison, two very different deposits, one underground, one open pit, both very thick deposits, jurisdictions, different jurisdictions, but not as skewed from my perspective for the valuations and market caps as west african resources and capricorn metals were so as i said liontown has retraced from two dollars twenty two it's at a dollar thirty six now but so has leo lithium but they're shaking off the legacy of the five finch debacle and the demerger so there you go right everyone hope you enjoyed that any feedback let us know and also there is a voicemail function on the Website at the moment. The website's getting all converted, so I'm getting the app sorted and all that stuff. But there's a voicemail function. So click on that voicemail if you want to send in a question, and you want to be featured on the show, click that button, send it in, and I'll put the audio question in here and bloody answer it. So there you go. Right, everyone, uroo, stay safe out there.